0: Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. I'm excited. We have an apparel sponsor. Harry Athletic. Such good gear. It's incredible. I've been enjoying it. Bro, George came through, messaged us on the Instagram, said he's been following our program for ages. He's getting stronger and more mobile. And he's got this cool gear company called Parry and he wants to send us some stuff. And he told me that his mission was to create the best pair of training shorts ever. Yeah, he wanted something that he could lift and roll in that could accommodate thick muscular thighs and hips. And that suits us. Speaks to us. Also, what I like is I love the colorful design. It actually looks really cool. I am the most colorful dude on the mats these days, hands down. Yeah, you get that kind of expression feel. A lot of other Jiu-Jitsu gear is kind of a bit boring. Yeah, it's all like greys and blacks and shit. This stuff is the color and the vibrancy. It makes you stand out. The thing that I've loved about it is just it feels good. It feels good. It looks good. And you, ladies and gentlemen, can get a discount if you go to parryathletics.com. When you go to check out, put in the code BULLETPROOF20 and you get 20% off. Oh, Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. You know what you need to do? You need to stop making these mistakes at BJJ. We want to save you time. That's part of what this is about, where we're here to chat to help you. And both Joey and I have made some mistakes, technically, in jiu-jitsu. And we don't want you to do that. It's one of those things that I just made it up. I didn't know any better. I'm like, this is so creative. It's so fun. Jiu-jitsu, also... Like when you're early in the journey, you're like, oh, I just made up a move. Probably not. Probably someone's done it before you who's really famous and the move's named after them. But I actually had some really bad habits. And I didn't realize they're bad habits until someone significantly better than me was like, why are you doing that? You need to stop doing that. I'm like, what are you talking about? I've been doing this for three years. They're like, yeah, that's probably why you are kind of sucking right now. Just on that, are all these things conscious moves that you made up or was it just you developed a habit and no one called you out on it one of them was just like a bad habit where no one had kind of taught me better yeah. and then two things were like i was like ah oh, this is great i'm gonna do this this is a sick move this is so cool like i i get jujitsu and it was just fucking wrong yeah. and i think this is the problem because a lot of people don't want to say oh there's a right way and a wrong way my friends There is a right way and a wrong way, and you just have to understand why. And because I didn't understand why, I was just, just kept repeating my mistakes. Yeah, well, there are principles. Yes. Aren't there that would inform the efficacy of various techniques? Yeah. And, but that's the thing. Like when you start jujitsu, you're just like, oh, that looks cool, or I'll do my own version of whatever that is. And, uh, my first mistake was holding the belt, um, from guard. Because I was like... Your own belt. No. <laughs> Locking them in and just grab my oh, own belt. Keeping these elbows right. super tight. You cannot submit me. Uh, no, no, no. It was because what had been explained to me was a person's hip position is really important. It, and it is, whether you're passing guard or you're playing guard. And so I was like, well, if I hold onto their belt, I can control their hips in there. So you're in their closed guard and you're just on that belt? No, no, no. From guard. Oh, okay. So yep. I'm playing butterfly. I'm doing whatever. But I'm like, if I hold onto this belt, there's no way I can get away from me. Yeah. What I had totally not understood was also I wasn't controlling their sleeves, I wasn't controlling their posture, yeah. I wasn't controlling their legs. I was like, Fuck, I got this belt grip. This belt grip is leveraged for days. Yeah. And I like so if you take an underhook on a, a butterfly guard or something, or, or standing up, grabbing the belt's a great thing to hold on to. Yeah. But that's because you got the underhook. Yeah. Just holding onto the someone's that. yeah. Just holding onto someone's belt is not actually helping you do anything. And uh I was doing it against a guy in half guard in Brazil and he was just like he was kicking my ass. He was passing my guard and whatever. And I was like, "Oh, my magical belt grip's not working. Why?" I got to hold it tighter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And he said to me afterwards, he's like, "Why do you keep grabbing my belt like that?" I'm like, "So, so, so I can control your hips." He's like, "But you're not. Like, I'm, I'm passing your guard and, and then I'm starting to attack you. Like, can you see how that's not working?" And I was like, "Oh, sort of." And he was like, "Well, you're not controlling my posture." You're not controlling my sleeves. I can guillotine you. I can Kimura you. I can do so much stuff to you. And he's like, you got to think that like, yeah, you keep doing it because maybe it worked on someone once or twice, but that is not helping your guard. And it's not, it's not improving your jujitsu. Stop doing that. That's what he just said to me. He's just like, just stop. And I tried to like uh, explain it like, but I'm a blue belt. He's a black belt, many stripes. He was just like, just stop. Okay. And then I stopped doing it and my guard actually got a lot better. (laughs) So I think having someone explicitly say to you, hey, man, that's actually not right or that's not helping you. Do something different, like do this instead, is incredibly helpful. But I wasted a good 12 or more months being like, yeah, this bell grip's so sick. Yeah. Because maybe I got a sweep or I was lucky or whatever. And so I think just making. Or you correlated a time where it did work out with. It was because you had the belt. It must be. Something Whereas of, it could have been the underhook or yeah. what else, right? It could have been the body lock right. that you had or works on white belts, right? <laughs> classic line. I've if been you using you, this ever since I started. Yeah. Where you at now? White belt, too strong. <laughs> but you know, it's a classic line for a technique not being effective. Is like someone's like, "Yeah, I get all the white belts with this." You are like, "Dude, they don't know jujitsu." Of course. It, Anything could work. Have you had a, a technical thing like this, Joe? Yeah, I've had a couple. The first one that comes to mind, which I've spoken about on the show before, is when I would start a role and just walk into my training partner's guard and allow them to establish grips. Yeah. And it was almost like I my my thinking there was that in order for this role to begin, they have to like establish a guard and grips and then we go from there. Mm. But all that happens in that situation is that they have exactly the grips they want and the full guard that they want. And then they just sweep me or <laughs> submit me, right? Throw me in a triangle or whatever. And it wasn't until, uh, same thing. Like it. this went on for, must've been a couple of years. And then I was training with a black belt in, uh, in San Diego, right. Whose name, I can't remember. Lovely fella, uh, Brazilian guy. And he's like, brother why are you letting me get the grips man i'm a black belt i'm gonna smash you when i get my grips and i was like oh but i'm just he's like no bro like i think i was a purple belt and he's like bro you're a purple belt you should know better shame on you i was like oh that hurts (gasps) oh and he's like don't let me get my grips man and i was like holy shit and it still took me some time to actually embody that lesson Mm. i couldn't you know still because you just you have these habits yeah and i'd still just oh we're rolling you know bump hands step into your guard all right let's yeah. go it's just this habit thing you know you contrast that now right you slap hands with someone start the roll and they're like instantly hips back trying to control your pants or whatever gee no gee they're yeah. just they're like i'm not letting you get anywhere near establishing a guard or yeah. grips mm. and you're like That's how it's meant to be. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And that's the thing, bad habits. Uh, I I have a really good example of this, which is similar to that, which is allowing someone to control my posture, whether it was in stand-up kind of wrestling or gi or no gi, and then also trying to pass guard. I was allowing people to grab my lapels and break me down. And even though I was still trying to pass, not that you don't learn to kind of posture up and break the grip, I just wasn't insistent. And I would allow this to happen. And so there's a great black belt called Alex Monsalvi. And he's a high-level black belt under Fabio Gargel. He was over in the UAE. I think he runs uh, an Alliance gym in uh, Culver City, maybe. Right anyway, shout out to Alex. He taught me a lot, actually, and was famously just could tap everyone in the gym. And he, he was very brutal to me when we would roll, but he would then explain to me what I was doing wrong afterwards, which was very helpful. He he stopped me one time because he just kept faceplant. He was collar dragging me into the mat every time. You'd pass, I, and he'd just go boom, and I'd faceplant. And I was like, "Fuck, this guy's rough." And I'm like, I didn't think oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah, I just like, God, oh, I was blaming this guy. <laughs> it's this his so much strength. This it's guy, his fault for slamming my face into the mat. He said afterwards, he's like, "Man, why do you let me control your lapel?" I'm like, "I I don't know. I just, just do." And he's like, "Look around. Look at all these guys who are good at passing." And I kind of look around the mat and they're really like, they were like so- Posturing up. Yeah, fast. just be like, no, Snap and grips. No, like you cannot control my posture. And I'm like, oh wow. He's like, look at that guy. Is he letting the guy control his posture? I said, no. How about that guy? No. How about that guy? No. They're good at passing guard. You are not. <laughs> you know, like you need to fix this. This is a problem. And he's really explicit. He's like, you suck at passing guard. I'll keep doing this to you as long as you keep letting me do it. And you need to change that. And because he hit me with that and I started paying attention to it, just that one change, it actually helped my guard passing go up, even though I didn't really change my grips or my hip position, just by being able to maintain my posture and, and move better without letting my opponent control me, just changed my game. And that was a purple belt. Yeah. And so each step along the way, I can see these little unlocks that came from changing my bad habits, came from like stopping from making mistakes, basically. On that, did you notice? Was it when you went to train at a new gym as a visitor that that like fresh eyes were on you and yes. you would get those teachings? Yeah. For so, sure. what do you think was happening back at your regular gym where to for that issue not to be picked up? I think we all experience this where the style of play gets relatively like homogenous, like it gets the same. Like even though within a gym you can have different games, like different styles the dynamic of jiu Established. Yeah, like this is the kind of guard we play, and this is the pass we. This is the passes we do, and so everyone gets used to that. And then someone, and then either someone new comes in, or you go to a different gym, and you either prosper or suffer yeah. from from whatever that kind of game is. But then going to uh, Alliance in Sao Paulo, there was like ten or fifteen different types of game. There was the base level Sao Paulo pressure smash you type jujitsu. but then the, all these different people. He's got spider guard, and he does knee cut. And like oh wow, like everyone had their specialties and. And but the principles, and this is kind of what we we're saying before, even though everybody's techniques were quite different, the principles were the same about when you're here, you do not let a dude do this to you. Yeah. And as someone who I've said this before, guillotine is my kryptonite, when I was doing stand-up, whether it was gi or no gi, I was getting snapped down a guillotine. And it was the worst. And it's just because I wasn't I wasn't like doing a two-on-one, I wasn't breaking the grip, I wasn't pummeling, I was allowing the person to to control my head and it was a huge mistake and it made me go oh i hate stand-up stand-up sucks no i just sucked at stand-up yeah and just by simply like doing wrestling classes with talget shout out to talget ilsonov amazing wrestler and also connor connor who's a, a the um head wrestling coach at um absolute mma by them being like dude maintain your posture like don't let them break you down like and just drilling that into me it just it just changed my effectiveness or my ability to not be um, so controlled uh, in grappling exchanges. So that was that was a huge unlock. Have you got something else? One, I, I remember my coach teaching me lasso guard. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, throwing the leg in, like threading it over the over the arm and then up oh. into the armpit and behind. And I think initially I had some good luck. Uh, I was good with it, right, because once I got it in there, I'm pretty strong on the leg. And so if I had a good... Tight grip on the sleeve i could like drive that shin into the elbow and like take their weight across and sweep right mm. and i think what got exposed pretty quickly was that everyone's like oh okay once Joe does that he's going to sweep me over there so i'm just going to put all my weight on this side mm. and i was really lazy with how i would throw the lasso right. so what would happen is i would go into a roll. my guard would be pretty watery like my open guard would just be pretty shit someone would start passing i'd throw in the lasso thinking now i'm sweet and then they'd just continue passing and pretty much finish the pass, even though I'd still kind of have a foot in for the lasso and the sleeve. It's basically just like their wrist or forearm. Yeah. And they're like, you're going to let go of that eventually because yeah. they're like cross-facing me and shit. Yeah, And the, what I was doing was I was just throwing the lasso in. I wasn't actually trying to use it. it. As a guard. Yeah. yeah and I, like, I wasn't getting that foot in, pulling it behind the shoulder, pulling them down getting my hips off the ground so that I'm heavy now, so that yeah. they're holding my weight. Yeah. Like I wasn't doing any of that really active stuff that when you look at a guard, often you don't see, mm. right? It's you not can, obvious. Exactly. It's like when, uh, like single leg X, you can do single leg X with your hips on the floor and you're just kind of throwing your legs up or you can shoot your whole body up and attach to your opponent and immediately they're carrying your weight and like kind of, you know, going getting off balance. Yeah. So... That kind of lazy approach to just throwing the thing was something that I did a lot. And it took me ages to weed it out. Yeah, And now I just don't fuck with Lasso anymore. (laughs) I was like, I could fix this or I could just not do it. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to not do it. But was there (laughs) there something someone said to you or was there a realisation at any stage in that that you were like, I have to do more to make this work? And that made you go, that's too much work. I'm not going to play this open gut shit. I think that one uh uniquely came to me by my like alone and by myself <laughs> alone and by yourself <laughs> i think i, I came across it because i was i was becoming aware of bad habits that i had and this is later later it's probably at brown belt i was becoming aware of bad habits that i had and things that i was doing in roles that were repeating themselves and i'm like on, mm. this isn't effective yeah. you know and, and 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 a lot of those things were being pointed out to me by yourself by adam you know by other training partners and the The lasso thing, I was like, when I go for it, people just doing that. I'm like, why am I doing that? I'm like, I'm just being a lazy cat. That's why it's happening. So it was sort of a bit of a combination of all that. And I'm like, I just, I I didn't care to try and develop that guard. I'm like, no, I I really like X guard. So I just want to try and get my legs, my hooks on the inside. Yeah. That's what I'm going for if I'm playing an open guard. Sure. And um, and that's, yeah, that's where I went. And that's fair. And that's the evolution, right? I think. Like many things, as you as you grow up, as you evolve in life as a human being, but then also in jiu-jitsu, you have certain things that serve you at a certain time, and then you get a bit further down the journey. Like, Well, ah, it's not helping me. Yeah, yeah. The binge drinking and credit card use is not. That's not. That's not how life moves forward. You know. And so I think that's the other thing too. Like your approach to jiu-jitsu evolves physically and technically. And <clears throat> I had a chronic mistake because I used to actually really like. I was a guard player, just purely guard for a long time and I started getting the spider guard lasso and, and open guards in general and I thought, wow, this shit's magical if you can do it right. But a massive mistake I used to make is like I'm holding the sleeves like spider guard, but I wouldn't break the person's grips. I would have my f- like feet on biceps and so I'm kind of playing spider, but they're still controlling my legs. Right. And I wouldn't like kick and like – so they had almost as much control as I had. So they got your pants – and I'm holding and their, sleeves. their sleeves, and my feet are in their biceps. Yeah, but then I just, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I got you in my spider guard, and they just go and Toriando, yeah, <laughs> and just and pass, and I'd be like, but they're in my spider and guard. Not only do they pass your legs, they also send your arms that way. Yeah, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh my god. And then it, uh, Dan Cherubin, shout out. Um, I know this is a podcast, big big Dan. He was like, dude. You can't let people control you like this. And this is like early on the journey. And you know, I started training Dan when I was uh, blue belt. He gave me my purple belt. He's like, dude, you got to kick and pull. And then you got to lasso and you got to be active. He's like, guards aren't passive. Guards are attacking. And I, I guess I, I had an idea of that in my mind, but I didn't understand how. And then he was like, dude, stop doing this. In the same way, like, I don't know if you might have ever experienced, you've probably, we've all experienced this, where you get mat burn because you're sitting on your, your forefoot and you haven't got your toes on the mat and your foot scrapes on the mat. Yeah. And you get you get real bad, like, mat grazes on your feet. He used to smack my feet. He would walk behind me and smack the back of my, like, the sole of my foot. And he'd be like, dude, toes on the mat. Like, you've got to have your toes on the mat, you know. And it's called uh, per vivo, like, feet alive, toes alive. And they used to say that in Brazil, like, don't sit on your feet because you're going to have to push up on your toes to move. Yeah, It's another bad habit. But Dan really injected a lot of, like, critical thinking into my jiu-jitsu. He's like, you've got to look at this and go, why is this not working? They have too much control. Jiu-jitsu is a control game. You shouldn't be counter-fighting. You should be winning. You should be controlling. Dan has an incredible guide. So he changed that in me. And what was amazing was, um, as a purple belt, having fixed this mistake – I went to a gym uh, in Culver City actually um, and I rolled a blue belt and he did the same mistake I made when I was a blue belt. Spider guard set up, I controlled both his pants and he was like, had his grips and he's there and I just pushed his legs to the side and I went knee on belly and then I went to mount and he was like, how did you pass my guard? I had you in spider guard. And I was like, dude, you, you didn't have any control. You had grips, but you had no control. And there's a big difference. Did between you act indignant in the way that was, you'd be like, right, wow, your jiu-jitsu shit. <laughs> no, I actually broke it down for I've him. I've never seen such a mistake. <laughs> the God, how terrible do you have to be? But what was so funny was he just was like, he was mystified. He was like, what dark arts are you doing to me for you to do this? And so then when I explained it to him, he was just like, Eyes wide, you know, we all have those light bulb moments where, what, I wish I knew this a year ago, I wish I knew this three years ago, like how long have I been making this mistake and no one told me, hey man, stop doing that. So I think there's big value in critically analysing what you're doing because sometimes when you're like, oh, I suck at jujitsu," it's it's only maybe a small change away from your experience getting better. Just on that idea of what the advice Dan gave you where he said, a guard should not be passive, it's an active position. It was kind of the same thing at the heart of my issue with the lasso that I was talking about. I was trying to think of where that comes from and I'm thinking back to like early days white belt where it was like you get to close guard and it's like once you get there, and this is is a mistake, but in those days and at that level... You could just get there and then you could just like relax. A little have, a, bit. have a breathe. Have a moment, you know, and even yeah. the person on top be like, oh, I'm in your clothes guard and everyone like hang out for a few seconds yeah. and then you start trying to attack posture. and Sure. Right? These days it doesn't happen like that. But do you think that clothes guard is a very secure guard in that way? You know, you're, you're wrapping your legs around them and closing it. Do you think that maybe some of that rubbed off on, oh, well, once you get a guard, i.e. I put my lasso or I put my spider hooks, that it was kind of a carry on from that? Yeah, maybe partly, but I think it was just because I just didn't understand how to make it work. Yeah. You know, like you can, you know, you, like when you see kids playing with anything, right, you can get, you, hopefully you're not giving your kid a, you know, a claw hammer and some nails, but who knows? Maybe it's good for, depending for on the work to be done, depending on, <laughs> that's it, little <laughs> little lion, little Leo, get on the tools, bro. You're working with daddy. Um, I think you don't really understand, in the same way, like you look at a phone. You know, a lot of humans use their phone in very basic ways, whereas people out there making millions of dollars off their phones because they're using it as a tool. If you really understand the potential of something, and when you first start any skill, you don't understand the potential, but once you spend a bit of time, they're like, wow, this is very powerful. I didn't understand how powerful certain controls were, whether it's me trying to control a person or them controlling me. Yeah, And I think what I've come to understand about jiu-jitsu through You know, I always used to come in really hard on roles, but now I I play like a little bit softer to start because I'm feeling what you're doing. And there's a conversation going on here. If you let me have a certain grip and you don't break it, that tells me you don't understand how bad this is for you. You know? And the same way, you let me put my knee there and my elbow there and you're not freaking out or changing the situation, that means I'm going to pass your guard because you're not respecting how leverageable these things are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, I think that my jiu-jitsu has improved because people told me the the fault in what I was doing and I fixed that mistake. And I think often what we think about jujitsu is like, oh, if I learn this new technique, my jiu-jitsu levels up. When actually the best thing you can do is just fix your ups Like stop making mistakes. Don't act stupidly. Like it's okay to make mistakes, but like fix them and evolve. Fix them and evolve. And for me, each time I fix these mistakes, jujitsu went up. Yeah. And it got more fun. I, I think that was the thing. Like, it you know, it, without the negative self-talk, like, uh, sucking less made it more fun. Yeah, always. You know? So I think that's, that's one of the things. And so for me, it was, I didn't even actively seek this advice. I think it's just because my mistakes were so pitiful. <laughs> the senior belts like, bro, you, you, you fucked up. If bad. you want to keep training here, you got to <laughs> stop doing that shit. Yeah. Otherwise we just kick you out. Yeah, I think the the big the big lesson there is, like, try to get feedback. Yes. And, you know, some coaches, you know, whatever, when you've been around the same gym for a while, coaches are like, oh, you're good, you know, you know you're a purple belt or a blue belt, you know, solid. They, they're kind of not looking out for that stuff with you because you're a bit senior and you, you're on your way, whereas they're probably giving their attention more to the person who's their first week mm. or their first class. Yeah. So in that way, yeah, like, try to get – I think try to be proactive in seeking feedback and asking someone – like hey why did your past work on me just then like, yeah why does that pass keep on working what are you doing yeah you know because just that little exchange will inform you of the thing that you can then go and fix right away yeah and and this is something interesting i actually asked fabio grizel this like when i first started training at alliance i was like why do alliance guys close out because the gb guys at that time like homolo bahal fought hodger gracie they're both gracie Baja. I was like, what's going on with that? Alliance guys just kind of shake hands and decide who wins or whatever. Because uh, a lot of people got upset about that. And he's like, well, I want there to be trust in the gym. If these guys know that they're going to have to fight each other for the world championship final, they're going to hide things from each other. Huh. Whereas because they know they'll never have to fight each other, they're very open, like, dude, you keep making that mistake. Right. You're letting me do this, you know? And he was like, so there's just 100% trust in the, the family of the gym. Uh, as he saw it. And I was like, Wow okay all right cool i can respect that and and i think that um that transparency between training partners is is really key and also it speaks to being able to not so much what fabio said but getting a fresh set of eyes as you said is very helpful so that's why training in another gym if you get feedback from a coach that it doesn't mean you go train at that gym forever but that might help you then improve your training at your home gym i like it nice there you go fam stop making those mistakes cut it out see you next time